Welcome to the Season Jip Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell it like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sunny D. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Scenes Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Uh, also, a uh, big shout out to our friends of the podcast. As always, we've got Vegas Grace Podcast, we got Zero Gravity Games, we got B-Boys, Honey, and we got Self-Fixed Doctors located here in Winnipeg at 6668 James Street. Please visit them for any cell phone, tablet, and screen printing that you might have. Mention the Scenes Legit Podcast and receive... 10% off, and last but not least, can I mention Tattoo and Piercing, also located here in Winnipeg. All right, it's Monday. Uh, I know everybody, uh, or most of us, get a case of the Mondays, but it's funny, I was talking about this uh, with Jess last night, and I was saying that for me, it's important to get some degree of productivity in on Mondays. Uh, even though Mondays to me is kind of shitty, of the work day is kind of a shitty day. Uh, it does set the mood almost and the tempo for your week. And I find if you can get in there, have a good production, even if it's you know even if you're not fully dialed in, just to start that dialing in process, I find it's easier to do that. Get in on Monday, get a productive day in, and then uh, if you need to take some time for yourself, even you know taking it a little early uh, or taking Tuesdays off, whatever it might be, if you have some flexibility in your schedule, I just find. Getting in and having a good Monday uh, is super important, having a good week. But also, it's, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, right? Because if you have a shitty Monday, then at the same time, it kind of can also set the pace for your week. So it's just kind of one of those things about Mondays. But oh well. And uh, it's like I've talked about, Sundays to me are, are probably the most depressing day of the overall week. I just There's something about Sundays that irk me. I don't know what it is. Uh, but at least now that football season's back, uh, hockey season's uh, just around the corner. I find it, it's a little easier to make it through Sundays if you have those things almost to look forward to, but regardless, we're all different. Anyway, it is Monday, so let's talk about the weekend. Uh, so for me, a big thing was uh, the cleaning and decluttering uh, that I did over uh, the weekend and uh, end of last week. For those of you following me on Twitter at the dude, or on Instagram, rather, at the dude's idea, and of course on Twitter, at the dude Sunny D, uh, was the big thing was cleaning out a big part of my basement. Now I didn't expect or think that there was actually that much crap in my basement as there was, but I filled up a whole I think it's a twenty uh, yard bin or cubic yard, whatever it is, bin. So the biggest bin that I could get from the place, I filled it up with essentially crap uh, just from the basement. I was able to get rid of an old desk that wasn't in the basement, nonetheless, mostly, but. Uh, the goal, at least, to gain that part of the house decluttered was met, and that was huge. That was a big relief, a big achievement, a big accomplishment for me, so I was very happy that I was able to get that done, um, and a big, big, big thank you to Jess for that. She was huge uh, in terms of helping and just organizing and allowing me to do it. I need to get as much into that bin as possible. Super supportive through this process. But it wasn't an easy process. I can uh, I can admit that you know there's a lot of things getting rid of that you know had some sentimental value. A lot of my old toys uh, from when I was a kid. Uh, I I know now that this is the last time I will have seen those toys. So a lot of my old action figures gone. Uh, it was funny we were at some friends uh, friends house last night and we were chatting about this. 
And I just said, and, I, and he was like, oh, my God, you ever seen your last year? I said, yeah, these are, you know, beat up old toys. I don't know how much value there is left in those things. Uh, 90% of them are all busted up anyway. And, just, and I was like, oh, maybe I should keep them. And just like, why? And I was like, ah, well, you know, maybe if, what if I want to play with my wrestling action figures? And she's like, when the fuck do you have time to play with action figures? She's like, you're going to tell me if you have time to play with action figures, there isn't something more productive you could be doing with that time. And I'm like, she's kind of fucking right there. I mean, even if it's to de-stress, there's other more productive things I could be doing to de-stress, whether it be, you know, getting on the stationary bike, extra, whatever it might be, podcasting, just doing something semi-productive, reading. It's true, you, you, you have to be productive with your time and manage your time. So I understood... And you do have to make tough decisions when you're decluttering and kind of purging yourself of old shit. So uh, we had done the big one last year was the clothes. This one was just other miscellaneous crap. But nonetheless, got rid of my toys. Uh, got rid of a bunch of uh, my grandmother's old stuff that had been laying around in the basement. Uh, that was, and that was a, a very emotional as well, very tough to do. Uh, again, it's like another kind of goodbye to her. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure I've harped on it before in the podcast uh, my grandmother and I had a very very close relationship uh, she was my mentor uh, you know so my guardian angel so to speak uh, very uh, just she was my confidant she was everything to me and uh, I do miss her dearly but uh, so it's tough to kind of say goodbye to those things but they had to go uh, and that's sometimes the hardest part about it. And having Jess there for that support and that encouragement, right, to be like, look, this shit's got to go. So getting rid of all of that stuff, whilst it was tough, it was very necessary and very happy that it got done. So that was nice. Uh, I mean, we had just so much stuff, uh, so much garbage, so much crap, uh, old things that were, like, broken, just hanging around. So nonetheless, got rid of a lot of that stuff. So that was... That took up the bulk of my weekend. Uh, so I don't really have much time to do anything else. Uh, this coming weekend is my birthday, so I'm, I'm excited for that. It's a bittersweet. Now that you're, you're, it's funny because now that I'm in, like, this birthday will be my 32nd birthday. So establish, you know, you're kind of well-established into your 30s. So it's almost not as big a deal again, right, because you're far enough away from milestone birthdays. I'm far enough away from my 30th birthday that it wasn't just yesterday. And I'm far enough from my 40th birthday that I don't have to get anxious about that. But, I mean, it's still kind of interesting, you know, it's still a shock kind of to the system to look and be like, holy shit, I am 32 years old now. Uh, but hopefully I can impart some of my uh, wisdom that I've gained over the years uh, to all of you on the podcast as we go on this journey uh, here on the Seems Legit podcast of my life and sharing these experiences and hopefully brightening up all of your days. But regardless, yes, the uh, decluttering was a big part of the weekend. So, uh, yeah, we did that. What else did we do uh, this weekend? There was a UFC this weekend. I haven't watched it uh, yet, so I can't do a full recap of it. But uh, the main event was Justin Gaethje versus uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, Cerrone uh, was coming off of a loss to Tony Ferguson where he got his ass whooped. But he looked good. There was moments where he looked good against Ferguson, but Ferguson just dialed it into a whole new level there. And uh, just goes to show, like, I mean, there are levels to the game, right? And I think that's the thing that sometimes people forget is that, I mean, Cowboy's on a different level himself from other fighters, and now Ferguson's on that next level to him. 
and I mean Ferguson just busted him up. But Cowboy's still a hell of a fighter, but he's coming off the loss. And uh, from what I understand, got either TKO or KO'd by Justin Gaethje, but he lost to Gaethje regardless. Have to watch the fight to be able to recap it. But Cerrone's an interesting guy because he keeps a relatively busy UFC and fight schedule. He's never too far removed from contention. He's the kind of guy that can put together a win streak in relatively no time and then is quickly right up there again in title conversations. Don't be surprised that by early or mid-2020, you're hearing of Donald Cerrone in the title picture yet again. He's just that guy. He's a workhorse. He's tough as nails. Super skilled fighter. Great striking. Good enough ground game that, I mean, again, he piles up some wins. And, and because of the busy schedule, you find himself talking interim title shots, maybe, depending on how things play out. Um, I would like to see him. I mean, now that we've seen him fight uh, Ferguson, as he kind of goes through and does this kind of almost... I like to say it's kind of winding down in his career. There are fighters I'd like to see him fight. I'd like to see him fight uh, Dustin Poirier. I'd love to see the McGregor fight. I, I mean, I don't know how he does against Khabib, but I'd be willing to see it. I would, I would watch Donald Cerrone fight Khabib uh, and then Magomedov. I would watch that fight. I think a lot of you out there would. So Cerrone is one of those guys that is kind of the interesting. He doesn't follow the typical rules of losing uh, of a losing fighter because he has so many wins. Because he gets that relatively busy schedule, he's a guy that you still is going to get and have those opportunities to be in those high-profile matchups, headlining cards, co-main eventing pay-per-views, whatever it might be. So keep your eyes there. But Justin Gaethje, this is a big win for him. Puts him back kind of up into that upper echelon of fighters. I could see him maybe getting a fight with Dustin Poirier. Uh, I think that would make a little bit of sense. I don't know. If I'm overly anxious to see him get in there with Khabib just yet, but I mean, who else do they have at lightweight? So Khabib and Ferguson are going to be next, right? So I think Gaethje kind of has put himself in position to be the next one. Uh, whether he wants to wait around for that title shot, I don't know. But yeah, based on just numbers, logistics, Gaethje does kind of become the next in line. So I don't know. I'd have to watch his performance against Cowboy to see. Uh, for what I say, he does come from a wrestling background. So it'll be interesting to see there again, put Khabib in there with a high-level wrestler. Again, matchups are everything. A guy that's been, I haven't seen around in forever is Kevin Lee. And there was talk, because he was a big lightweight. Kevin Lee's a guy that I could see also getting a fight with uh, Cerrone. Uh, it's kind of a comeback fight. I don't know what's going on with him. But that's a guy, again, uh, for any of you that aren't familiar with him, uh, look him up. He's a hell of a fighter. He, again, those three kind of posed some interesting matchups with those top two, top three in the division. Again, Connor, if he straightens himself out, again, we could be seeing him back in the cage uh, by next year, maybe. I don't know. But again, what, is, what does the Connor McGregor comeback look like? You know, is it the trilogy fight with Nate Diaz? Is it the fight uh, with um, Cerrone? Who is it? But uh, that's that. Other thing, too, big announcement was Mitch Marner did sign the extension with the Maple Leafs. Six years, $65.358 million deal. Uh, last week, the big talk was that they couldn't get him at, at eight years, 11 per. So he's getting less than the 11 this year or in, the, in this deal that he signed. But the big thing was the term. So for him, I guess, it's that he still wants to come into another big contract 
in his UFA kind of years. That'll be something to watch again. But it also now gives the Maple Leafs a few years here to build back uh, around that core and have a real shot at um, at making some cup runs, at contending. That is the next step for the Maple Leafs. So I'm happy that they got Marner in. They had to get him done. They kept he he said since they've interviewed him since, and he said, look, the goal is always to remain a Maple Leaf. And I, everybody has to, people forget that too sometimes about these negotiations. Us as fans, we're very selfish, right? We want our players, and we want them signed. We want them signed as of yesterday. The thing is this. The players have to look out for their own interests. The team has to look out for their own interests. I'm just happy that a deal got done. It keeps those big three players together, uh, Marner, Tavares, and um, Marner, Tavares, and Matthews together. The next thing is probably going to be whether they're going to do a net, shore up the back line a little bit, the back end, rather, or the blue line a little bit. But nonetheless, the Leafs now, again, know where they're heading for the next few years. The big thing there is going to be they can't making the playoffs is no longer good enough for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have Marner back. They essentially have him for the beginning of camp. What well, he missed a couple of days, big deal. He's there now for camp. He'll be there for the preseason. He'll be there for the start of the regular season. That is fucking huge. Problem is, there's some other big name RFAs that still aren't fucking signed. Brock Besser, I believe, in Vancouver hasn't been signed. Matthew Kachuk in Calgary hasn't been signed. Patrick Line and Kyle Connor both haven't been signed in Winnipeg. These things are kind of getting a little messy now. I had predicted on the show, I thought Kyle Connor was going to be the first one to sign. It'll be interesting now that Marner has, like Charlie McAvoy just signed as well, three-year 14.7, um, so he'll come in at 4.9 a year over in Boston. So maybe now we're going to see the domino effect. I could see, I could, I imagine that's what's going to happen over the next week. You're going to see the teams kind of shoring up their free agents. Now that they kind of have an idea of what the market value is, a guy like Mitch Marsh kind of said, okay, if he's the most elite of the wingers available, that's his price line. Where do you kind of fit in the rest of them? I do think, I think Patrick Lyon, they were saying, was floating around the 5 and $6 million a year is what the Jets were offering. He's probably looking in the neighborhood of 7 I imagine that's where Lyon is wanting. I mean, Lyon is not getting 10 He's not, especially coming off a down year. You can't be demanding Mitch Marner money if you're coming off a down year. Kyle Connor had yet another up year. If anything, you might be looking at a situation where you get Lyon at 5-5, five, five, Connor at 7, Lyon at 5-5, five, five, Connor at 6-5. I think that's a fair valuation. I do think, as I've long said, Connor is the more complete player. He's the player I could, I, I don't want walking out the door. He also has more upside potential. So I do think Connor comes in, uh, and, and maybe I'll be wrong. If I'm wrong, I, I don't think it's because they got it right. I think that is a bit of a mistake. I do think Kyle Connor is worth more right now. And some people might hate me for saying that. But I do believe Kyle Connor is the one that's worth more than Patrick Line as of right now, as of what they'd be worth over the term of this next deal. You need to get them signed. I don't want either of those players missing. I don't think Line A can afford to miss any time, whether it be training camp, preseason, or beginning of season. He needs to get in there and start finding that groove right away. I don't want Connor losing any time. He's like a 100-point season this year. Mark, I, I wouldn't be surprised. The Jets are in a weird situation this year where they're kind of semi-rebuild because they watched 
everybody walk out the door this summer. Everybody who could leave left. So I don't envy the position my be uh, my beloved Winnipeg Jets are in. I think getting Connor Line side is going to be huge. It'll be interesting to see now with some openings on the back end. Do guys like Sammy Niku, Tucker Pullman, are they moving all up to the big league? Logan Stanley is he far enough in his development now to provide another big body on the blue line? Again, that's not that far away from again being. I, I think they should be able to push for a playoff spot. I just don't think it's as guaranteed for them this year as it maybe had been the last couple of seasons. So the Jets are going to have to work. They might have to make some moves kind of on the fly, but look for them to do that. But there's a lot. There, I, I do imagine there's some people in some hot seats uh, in Winnipeg uh, in the organization. So look to see the Jets, what they do. Uh, Calgary in a little different situation. They'd love to have to check back. I mean, he is a pivotal part of that young core. Uh, but again, Calgary is pretty good. They're, I'd like to see Kachuk in there. I'd, I think I'd be shocked, truly, at this point. I would be shocked. Uh, and no offense to Brock Besser, it's a little different situation in Vancouver, where the expectation is nowhere near as high. You're going to have a hard time convincing me that the expectation in Vancouver is playoff. I just don't see that, especially in the Pacific Division. It just it, For me, that's just not happening. I'm, when you look at that Pacific Division, you're going to have uh, San Jose, Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton, all battling for playoff spots. I just don't see where Vancouver fits in, especially if there's only eight spots. That's four that the Pacific Division is going to be asking for. In the Central, I mean, you've got Nashville, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Dallas, all battling Colorado, all battling for playoff spots. There's five in the Central there that I've, and, and, I'm, and who knows, I'm probably fucking missing someone. Uh, and and I'm, I don't know if Minnesota's battling for playoff spot anymore, but we'll see, right? They've, I mean, again, it depends what Devin Dubnik does in the net there for Minnesota. So, I mean, there's five to six teams just there in the Central Division that could be representing the Central. Three will get through for the West, um, for the Pacific. I don't know that the Pacific gets a fourth team into the playoffs this season. So that makes that 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 push at the top uh, incredibly tight, especially considering. It's probably two teams battling for that third spot. So we'll see there. But nonetheless, uh, Marner Science, I think that's the first of the big domino pieces to fall into place here uh, with the restricted free agents. And it's just interesting that we've had such a deep uh, restricted free agent class this year that's allowed them to be the holdouts. Right? Usually it's some UFAs. Um, but UFAs, it's pretty easy to sign them right away, right? They, they, I mean, whether they admit to doing the talking or not, I don't know. But it, it's kind of just funny that, okay, at, you know, by 7 a.m. on July 1st, um, guys are signing their, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't understand. I, I don't know enough or have enough details about that side of the negotiation of the business. But nonetheless, UFAs typically go early. I'm just shocked we've seen this many talented restricted free agents take this long to find, um, to resign. Uh, apparently, it's been circulating that there were a couple of offer sheets uh, that were uh, given to Mitch Marner throughout the summer. Uh, the least we're aware of one of them from what has been leaked. Nonetheless, honestly, I just I don't quite uh, see. I, I didn't really see Marner leaving. I think if you had gotten into the season further into preseason and training camp, Gavin, yeah, maybe you could have seen this being a bigger issue. But I'm happy that that got done. 
And who knows, now with Marner gone, and, you know, you could see lining in there, a, a team slipping in, especially if Connor signs in the next few days, and let's say he gets to 7 mil, or he gets 7-5, right? I don't think you're getting him, I don't know if he'll get 7-5, but let's say he gets in at 7. You get Connor in at 7, even 6-5, and Lyonnais not being offered that money, you could see a team go out and maybe make the offer sheet to Lyonnais at 6.5, right? Force the Jets' hands. I think, honestly, of all the, t- the, the restrictive free agents left, the one that you could see uh, the offer sheet being uh, put in their direction is going to be Patrick Laine, uh, just because I think the Jets are close. Would I'd imagine and I hope that they're close to getting a deal done with Kyle Connor. I'm shocked the Kyle Connor thing has, has gone on this long, but nonetheless, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. I just I I'd be, I would be shocked if it's Kyle Connor that gets an offer. And maybe Kyle Connor has gotten an offer sheet. I don't know, but nonetheless, uh, if they can get Patrick Laine's signature on an offer sheet. It does force the Jets' hand, and it kind of makes moves. Maybe you do have to overpay and you lose someone else. I don't know. I just I don't know that Patrick Laine, as of right now, is worth that premium that you might have to pay. As I said, I think five, five and a half is a very fair number for Patrick Laine, and especially even if you do it at a four-year term. It doesn't cripple him. And it still gives them that opportunity to now go out and get that six and a half, seven on the next go around. So we'll see how it plays out. But nonetheless, Marner was signed. So that's the big news there in, in the hockey world. Now just leaving Bester, Kachuk, uh, Line, and um, Connor as the big RFAs in Canada. So that's that. Football season, of course, is uh, up and running. Uh, it's week two now. Uh, Patriots, uh, I don't think anybody's surprised me, 2-0. Uh, what's startling is just how dominant they've been. I think they've outscored their opponents now 76-3, to three, uh, getting a shutout against the Dolphins yesterday. Um, uh, my Baltimore Ravens, they're my team. Uh, they're 2-0. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson looks fucking great at QB. Had a perfect QB rating last week. So it, it, I, there's some interesting things about me even early in the football season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are 2-0. Uh, I don't know if they, did the Cowboys win yesterday. I'm not sure. I think they did. I'd have to check that. Uh, Mahomes throwing for like three or four times just in the second quarter alone. So, I mean, there's some interesting things developing. Uh, the Eagles lost to the Falcons last night. Uh, so they're both one and one. Uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, who else is it? I think, uh, yeah, I think Kansas City, the Chiefs, are going to be playing Baltimore next week. So that'll be a game that I'll be watching. I'm trying to stay a little more into the football this season. Uh, A lot of my friends, especially my American friends, are bigger football fans. So now when uh, we talk, I can know a little more. Uh, Last season kind of got away from me a little bit. Uh, So maybe we'll see. Uh, The the interesting thing is, and the nice thing, uh, you know they say some people are meant to be, uh, Jess and I actually are both Ravens fans, and it came out that we were both Ravens fans Kind of without, well, oh, I like, without it being like an, oh, I like the Ravens too kind of thing. It just so happened we're both Ravens fans. She's not a, a necessarily a huge football fan. She likes the Baltimore Ravens. So that's kind of nice as well. So next weekend we'll probably uh, watch the Ravens-Chiefs game together. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we, it was, uh, yeah, week two. So football season's in full swing. It was a beautiful weekend here in Winnipeg. It's a beautiful day today. Uh, Going to try and get some work done outside. 
Uh, already had a fairly productive morning, scheduled some meetings, all of that. So as I said, Mondays are a pivotal day because they do set the tempo and the pace for your week and kind of the mood for your week. And it's a double-edged sword. If you have a really great productive Monday, I mean, it sets you on pace to have a great week. If you didn't or you had a shitty Monday, then yeah, it can be a little tough because, I mean, you're kind of having to play catch up or kind of redo your week almost to try and, and get that more positive or upper tempo week. So, but Mondays are very important for that. So I wish you all a very good Monday today. I hope you're all having a great day. Uh, I'm going to kind of leave this episode off here. Nice, short, keep it sweet, uh, short and sweet today. Uh, going to be uh, tinkering around the kitchen, I think, over the next few days, uh, coming up with some new food ideas, some new menu items uh, for everybody around me. So uh, everybody around me is going to be playing uh, food guinea pig uh, as I cook for them. Uh, but I, I, I like to believe they enjoy my cooking, so hopefully that goes well. Uh, but nonetheless, there's that. Uh, as we get into the fall, again, uh, I know my buddy uh, Nick and I talked about doing some sports, so hopefully we can get into that. Uh, I know Jess, as the winter gets up, she wants to skate the uh, river trail with me this year. and We really got into skating a lot last winter, so hoping to pick up on the momentum of that uh, this year as well. I really want to get, my, you know, get, more, get more time on the ice. It was great last year to really be getting that time on the ice. That was the first winter in a long time. I was able to get in uh, those strides and get in that time on the ice. Now, that's very important. Even if you're a great skater, which I truly do believe I am, it's nice to still get in that repetition, right? Get those muscles at, you know, activated again. Get in those good habits. Get in those good patterns. Finding that comfort on the ice, right? Finding those movements. Moving in fluidity, right? You want to be fluid when you're moving, right? In sports especially, right? You don't want to be moving you know, almost linear, it has to be more fluid, right? So finding that fluidity is very important. Uh, again, as I said, uh, working on my goaltending too, you know, trying to maybe make one last push here uh, in my older age, so to speak. So we'll see. We'll get the, get the pads on, get some shots, take some more pucks this uh, winter. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but And the big thing right now, I think, for me is conditioning. Uh, that's been the big thing when I go to the gym right now is really pushing that conditioning, but not just conditioning in the sense of just getting on the treadmill and running, doing kind of what I like to call productive conditioning. So things like the Stairmaster to really build those legs and that muscular endurance and that strength. Um, and the arm bike, I'm a big fan of the arm bike. I really do love it. Uh, so doing those two things, especially because there's so much other work and activity I've been doing around the house and whatnot, building in the, on the strength, you know, the chin-ups, all of that, and even the yard work and the labor outside, that when I get to the gym, let's get something in here that I can't be doing elsewhere. Uh, and that's always kind of something I always encourage, too, about the gyms. If you are, if, if, you're, if your fitness and workout regime is more encompassing than just the gym, you want to be doing things at each place or whatever it might be that all complement each other. That's a big aspect of it as well is that everything's kind of complementing and working with each other rather than against each other. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, but we're in the fall now. We're midway through, we're halfway through September. So, I mean, now you're starting to look at maybe some Christmas goals, some New Year's goals, you know, some winter goals in terms of your physique or shape or just conditioning, right? It's not so much the number on the scale that matters. It, actually, that's one of the last things in a way um, as your measuring stick. It, it's, it's, there's a few tests that, you know, we kind of talk about, and that's like, the, the big one's the mirror test, right? 
when you look at yourself, you're like, okay, I look different. The feel test, I feel different. I have more energy. I feel better. I feel a little stronger. All of those things. And then there's the fitness testing, right? Can you, you know, running more, lifting more, all of that, right? You can run for longer. You can lift more. All of those things add up. And then the clothes test. How are your clothes fitting? Clothes are fitting better or worse, whatever it might be. Those are the important, those are the tests. And then you'll see the number on the scale will fall where it needs to. It is a well, it is an important metric. Don't get me wrong. Like I know I need, I should be keeping my body weight below a certain number, right? So it's about getting in the best shape I can at that number or less, right? And that's just for me. Everybody's different, but that's kind of my fitness uh, and, and workout regime right now and routine right now uh, for me personally. Uh, and as I said, it's about fine. It's, it's about, you know, it, it, it's all about process and routine, right? So you have to develop a process and you have to make it a routine. So the gym, right? If you go to a gym, if you have a gym membership and you're paying for it, you have to go. That's the biggest part of any kind of healthy lifestyle change, right? You want to be building on those good habits, those positive habits of, of hard work, of getting that sweat in. Even last week with the bin, Jess was shocked. Like there was one day when she was like, oh, I didn't know you were at the gym. I'm like, yeah, got in my time. Did my 30 minutes on the hand bike, 35 minutes on the Stairmaster, had a, sh- had a steam, had a shower, back working on the bin. Finding that time, making that time, right? Even, for instance, sitting around, if you're going to watch TV or binge watch your favorite show, Netflix, even when it comes to watching hockey or whatever it might be, I try to have some extra exercise bands nearby, some free weights nearby, so that I can be getting in those reps, you know, so you're kind of active watching, right? And, and I've noticed it in, in, in a variety of aspects of my life. My energy level's higher. Um, my overall health is significantly better. Um, but also my sleep, and that's the biggest one uh, as well, is there's a balance of training and overtraining. And as I said, my goal, like, through August was to push myself to get into, like, training camp shape. So as I said now, it's about revving it up, right? Like, I kind of use those things. Like I said, September's always, to me, the start of that new season of your life, right? So getting ready now for this season, my 32nd season of life, getting ready for it, right? Getting into shape, being uh, up there, being sharp is very important. So building in those positive routines and processes is very important. It's like anything. It's no different than skincare, right? As I talk about a lot on the podcast and on my Instagram, at the Dude's Sunny D, of course. Routine, routine, routine. Process and routine. It doesn't have to, A, be very expensive. And that was a big thing. Uh, Dr. Sandra Lee, uh, Dr. Pimple Popper, uh, for those of you that might know her, uh, she recently said, like, she gave some of the products she uses. None of them were expensive. And that's what I've been preaching as well. It's not about breaking the bank. It's about process and routine. You know, get, you know, cleansing, moisturizing, taking care of yourself. No different than any of these other things. As I was saying, it's getting better shape. Big thing I've noticed is sleep. So my sleep patterns have become significantly more regulated. I can go to bed at relatively the same time every night. I get up now in the morning. I'm, I'm energized when I get up. My sleep was a better quality sleep. And I get, and I can go and have the day. I mean, there was, I didn't realize... You don't realize how out of shape you are until you're trying to get into shape or are getting in shape. And you're like, holy shit, was I out of fucking shape. And I look back now and I'm like, I was embarrassed. I'm embarrassed actually for how I let a couple of years there get away from me. 
Uh, I really, truly am. You know, having to have midday naps, you know, sneaking home between, you know, meetings or whatever it be to grab, you know, a 30-minute nap. And, and there's nothing wrong with daytime naps. I still need them sometimes. If I'm busting ass, I still might need a little sit-down time or a little, you know, 20-minute nap. But it's just that you're inspired, you're motivated, you're, you're ready to go, right? So that's all I'm saying. And for those of you that do struggle, I mean, sleep's a big thing, right? Some of us do struggle with having good quality sleep. One thing I'm going to recommend is getting is maybe, again, incorporating a little more exercise or activity into your life. And sometimes that might even be going for a little walk, you know, before the sun goes down. Go for a little walk. Enjoy this nice weather while it's still around. Go for a little walk, right? Just get the heart rate up, burn some calories, get the activity up. These things help. But anyway, I'll leave it there. I thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the TheDudeSignD. I wish you all a very wonderful Monday and a great rest of your week. Take care and bye-bye for now.